Hi there, and welcome to the Grief and Rebirth podcast. I'm your host, author and trauma survivor, Irene Weinberg, here to encourage you wherever you are in your healing journey. In each episode, I chat with incredible grief and trauma specialists, healers, mediums, and celebs, as well as remarkable people who have inspiring healing stories to share. If you're looking for a podcast that's both uplifting and inspiring, you've found it. Let us help you find your joy in life. Hi, everyone. I hope this finds each of you so very well. I'm speaking to you from my studio in West Orange, New Jersey. Absolutely delighted to bring you what will be a fascinating, uplifting interview with sound healer and intuitive Pamela Kirkpatrick, who will be speaking to us today from Davie, Florida. Pamela came into this world with healing hands and the gift of song. She's been composing music since she was three years old. And at age 11, she began transcendental meditation. A certified Kundalini yoga teacher since 1995, Pamela has certifications in Reiki and other healing modalities that combine her vision, gifts, and love to uplift the spirit. And I can tell you, having met Pamela, there's definitely a lot of love there. Pamela's family taught her the importance of service and kindness. Therefore, she loves bettering lives through her career as a licensed reverse mortgage advisor. Not only does Pamela speak Spanish and several other languages, she is also a classically trained actress who enjoys singing jazz and the blues. She graduated from Grinnell College with honors, earning a degree in theater and fine arts. Pamela is also an associate producer of season one of the reality show, Awakening Giants. I will definitely be asking her about that. Pamela, you are blessed with so many healing gifts that you share with others. A warm, heartfelt welcome to Grief and Rebirth podcast. Thank you so much, Irene. It's truly my pleasure. So let me begin so our listeners can get, and our viewers, because we're also on YouTube, can get to know a little bit about your background. Could you tell us, please, about your childhood filled with song? I mean, you were composing at three years old. And what motivated you to begin transcendental meditation when you were 11 years old? So it's fascinating because, you know, as a little kid, I just remember when I say composing songs, life was a piece of music for me. I didn't even realize it at the time, but I would walk around, you know, making up little ditties about the clouds and the flowers and the bees and the grass. And it was just always something that lifted my soul. And um, actually, it was when I got bat mitzvahed when I was 13 that I realized that my, my voice was really huge. It was in a very large synagogue, and they used to have those little clips, the microphone clips that they put on you, and they had to take it off and turn it off because when I started my haftorah, I had, like, it came, this sound came out of me that, like, filled the synagogue, and they didn't need the microphone. So um, it was really fascinating. I mean, and I guess when people say to me, how long have you been doing sound healing? I go, I think I've been doing it my whole life. I think it's what I came here to do along with some other things. And in terms of why I started meditating. I mean, that's amazing. I mean, people start meditating when they're in their forties or something, and you were doing it when you were 11 years old. What brought you to that? Well, my, my oldest sister, Robin, I have one sister. Um, she basically was the one that got us introduced to transcendental meditation. And my mother went and I went and my father thought it was a lot of hooey, but he actually supported us, you know, emotionally and everything to go do it. And even though it's been you know, I'm in my 60s now. So it's been over 50 years since I got initiated into transcendental meditation. I remember that day, like it was in a house on Miami Beach where we did the initiation and I was sitting by a window and they were asking us to be still, you know, try telling an 11 year old to be still. And I remember hearing a siren and this ambient noise and just kind of like, 
going within and realizing that this was a journey and going within was where you began. And so I continued meditating my whole life. I think I'm one of the few people I know that meditated through puberty. I'd go to the sleepovers. And in addition to kissing games and whatever else we were doing, I had to meditate before I went to bed. And when I woke up in the morning, <laughs> I was a diligent meditator. <laughs> and the kids didn't think you were too weird already, son. You know, they did, but they loved me. So, you know, I have a big heart and a big smile. And so a lot of them, it was fascinating to them because it was a very strange thing to do in those years. You know, yeah, now, like you know, uh, right, right. You know, yoga and all of that and meditation is very popular, thank goodness. And, you know, but back then it was like, what? What is that? What is Pam doing over there? You know? <laughs> and by the way, for those in our listening audience who don't know what a bat mitzvah is, I have a lot in common with Pam because I also had a bat mitzvah. In the Jewish religion, a bar mitzvah means son of the commandment and a bat mitzvah means daughter of the commandment. And it is a special, beautiful ceremony that you read holy um, chants and, and different um, different uh, blessings and prayers in front of your synagogue, which is a coming of age kind of ceremony. And also um, she's talking about Miami Beach and I grew up in Coral Gables, which was a community about a half an hour away. So we have a lot of commonality here with our Florida roots. <laughs> uh, <laughs> your your mom Pam is a Holocaust survivor. What yes. impact has that had on you? You know, most people would think that that would have a kind of negative impact, but for me, my mother is a very special soul, and she always said she was a child. Talk about how you spent your puberty. Hers was in concentration camp. Oh my god! And, and um, what country was she in? She was from Romania, but she was in Auschwitz. And oh, my God. Yeah. And um, she basically would say to me, you know, when we talk about spirituality and stuff, that she would hear a voice and it would say, you know, go this way, go that way. Um, she would say to me, one of the biggest lessons that I take with me that, that fuels my soul every day is she would say, you can find beauty even in the darkest of places. Wow. Oh, my gosh. And, you know, that is when we get inundated with the noise of life and when that kind of darkness, whether it's grief or illness or just, you know, the noise of the world, the wah-wah-wah of the world, to be able to go within and to find beauty. She would say to me, sweetheart, I hope it never comes to this, but you should always be prepared in a moment to put what you can carry on your back and take the hands of your loved ones and walk away. Because when she was a little girl, they laughed at her. They called her philosoph, philosopher in Yiddish. And, um, you know, she said, something's happening. We need to leave here. We need to get out of here. And they said, oh, you don't know what you're talking about. You're crazy. Well, she wasn't so crazy. She was and right. I tease her now. You know, mom, sometimes you're going to hear from people that I'm a little crazy. Just remember that little girl that you were that they called crazy. And she says, I know who you are. <laughs> <laughs> you're crazy. <laughs> but wonderful, right? Oh, yeah. wow. Wow. I love that. You can find beauty in the darkest of places. Wow. How old was she when she was in the concentration camp? She was there almost two years from like 15 to 16 and a half. How lucky that she, someone was watching over her, that she lived through that. What inspired you, Pam, to become a sound healer and an intuitive? I know you're involved with finance, but this is a very different side of you. You know, like I've been a singer my whole life. I have my degree in theater, as you said, and I was a professional jazz and blues singer, and I've always sung. I, I love to sing. To me, I believe the universe and the world was sung into existence, and for those who believe in the Bible or read the Bible and get inspired by it, one of the very beginning, it says, in the beginning, there was sound. There was the word. And in my mind, the word was sound. And in fact, it was song. And so 
Um, I actually, you talk about, you were sharing your story with me earlier before we started. And, you know, I got a message one night. I was sleeping and I heard this message that said, you need to do sound healing. And I was, what? You need to do sound healing. And I said, what is sound healing? I don't even know what sound healing is. And it was like, figure it out. You need to do sound healing. And so I... I looked around, I couldn't really find very much on it back then, and started doing some research. And I found a friend who played a lot of musical instruments. And we began making our own way to do, to go on these sound healing journeys. And people were saying that my voice and the instruments and the sound were just really trans transporting them, transmuting them, giving them the ability to astral travel out of their bodies. And in some cases, like I remember, I never promise anyone anything in terms of cures, because I really believe that we we heal ourselves. Um, but, you know, I've had someone who had MS that could barely walk when they came in, be able to get up and walk out. People have had physical things uh, transformed for them. And so, it's been a journey. It's been a journey of, of personal growth also with myself and some of the experiences that I've had in my life. And uh, one of the things that I found totally fascinating when I first started looking into sound healing is that when we're growing in the womb, we respond to sound before we even have ears. So wow. sound is the most basic of our senses. It's the first to come into the body and it's the last to leave when we die. Well, I kind of heard that because people will often say that the, the, the baby in the womb will respond if the mother sings to the baby. They really are hearing and getting the vibes of what's going on. So for, for those who are like, oh, I never thought of sound healing and this is really interesting. And I'm really glad that you gave us an example of someone who had helped so much. What is the history of sound healing? And I, and I know that it's used both for medicine and spiritual growth, isn't it? Yes. All right. How, tell us about that. So when you look at it, I mean, I, I always laugh when I tell people I love the metaphysical, but I also really love science and the art of science. People forget that science is actually an art. And um, one of the things that's fascinating to me, there's a gentleman um, named Dr. Emoto who did studies on the impact of sound on water. And our bodies are over 70% water. So the same way that sound impacts water, it impacts us. And so what happens is, is that on a cellular level, you retain things from a sound healing experience that you can access later on. And we'll do a little gift of a taste of it later oh, on. Oh, I'm so excited about that, everybody. You're gonna get a real taste of, of, of what sound healing is like. That's and you know, they, they use um, sound even now in medicine, sonograms, and they actually use sonic things to break up tumors and fibroids and all kinds of other things. I'm not a medical person. A lot of other people in my family are, but the way that it works and integrates with the body. In fact, one of the things that I talk about is, uh, I don't know if our, our listeners and watchers are familiar with something, but it's called the, you're familiar with the uh, pi, the number pi, right? Which goes out infinitely, right? Mm -hmm. And so there's something that correlates to pi that's called the Fibonacci code. And the Fibonacci code is said to be the seed of life or the seed of creation. And it's a ratio of masculine and feminine energies. And we all have both aspects in ourselves. And to give you an example, it's eight. The ratio is eight feminine to five masculine. And to give you an example, if you were out walking in a forest and you picked up a pine cone at the intersection of eight and five, that's where pine seeds are born. And the Fibonacci you can find in the swirl of a conch shell. If you look at our cells under a microscope, they have this Fibonacci swirl. 
And so we can use those things to, it's even the way I'm told that the, the DNA in our mitochondria like move up the spine. So if you look at our cells under a microscope, you see this Fibonacci code and music is part of that. The resonance of sound, even for people who fall asleep during my sessions, which I don't get insulted because it's just the body's way of relaxing and getting what it really needs. Even people who feel that nothing happens, there's a way that we can access sound and what it is in our cells with a breath or with something else that we'll go into a little bit later, how the gifts impact you. I hope I answered that. Oh yeah, that's wonderful. So what are the tools that each of us carries within that transmute and transform the power of sound on a, on a cellular group level? What, what goes on within us that I know we've got water in our bodies. The vibrate, we're picking up the vibration. Um, are there other things that go on with our hearts? Absolutely, absolutely. You know, I, I was um, sharing with you earlier is that when, um, when people tell me, sometimes they'll come to me and they say, oh, I can't meditate. I've tried all my life, but I can't meditate. And I say, excuse me, but are you breathing? Yes. Is your heart beating? Yes. And I said, well, guess what? Breath is a meditation. Each breath is a meditation. And we have new cells being born. The water in our body is taking on and releasing and transmuting different vibrations. So on a cellular level, in our very core of who we are inside, that is the tools that we access. And sound healing is just one of many ways that we can access those things. You know, we've been taught a lot in our society and most cultures to look for the answers outside of ourselves. And I'm not diminishing the benefit of professional help and people on the outside that work with us, but the greatest wisdom is our own inner wisdom our own truth. And so going within to that quiet place, like dropping into your heart space where you can sort of be in the resonance of you and listen to your heart and your breath and your soul, that's to me the most powerful thing that we can access for ourselves. And it crosses, it doesn't matter what religion you believe in, not that it doesn't matter, but it crosses any uh, notions, people who believe in spirituality, who don't believe in spirituality, because on a cellular level, something's happening. And, and that to me is really beautiful and powerful. Wow. So I need to ask you, because I know your husband of 41 years died. And of course, I, I, I also, we all know my story of how I lost my husband. And you use sound to navigate your grief. Did you not? So how does that help you? What did that look like? So for some of our, our people in our audience who are grieving, maybe sound is a modality that can help them also. What did you do? What, how did that work for you? So I found myself alone on that slippery slope of grief. Not that I'm not a well-loved and cared for person. I'm very blessed that way. But late at night when you're alone at bed or when the wind blows and an aroma, you can't have been with somebody. I met him when I was 19 years old. You know, it's like there isn't anything. There isn't a song, a morsel of food, a story that somebody tells that doesn't remind me of some experience that we had together. And oftentimes those were joyful experiences. But when you're grieving and feeling the loss, so... When I couldn't sleep at night, I've always been a really great sleeper, but when I couldn't sleep and I was listening to my heart and I was feeling anxious, I would turn on my own sound healing and I would listen to it and I would play it while I slept when I could go to sleep. And it really helped. It really helped me to just kind of drop into a different place in my body because there's a lot of noise in the world. I say to people, you know, we live in a world, there's a lot of wah, 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 
wow, sometimes that noise, especially the emotional noise of grief and pain and suffering that can cause, we just need something to kind of flip the switch. And for me, that's sound. Um, there's a lot of other ways to do it, but it really helped me to be able to kind of transmute all of that wah, 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 and just sort of drop in to my heart, into my place, to a place of peace. Where Sounds I, like it brought it, you into your heart space. Yeah. It yeah. brought you into your heart space. Do you have CDs and downloads and all of these kinds of sound healing things that you I do? I do. I have some YouTubes and I also have a website that's beautiful where people can access different sound healings. And of course, they can always reach out to me to do individual things for oh, them. Wonderful. Absolutely. And, you know, it's interesting. I often will, when I'm describing prior to a full session of sound healing, I introduce a variety of instruments who don't always go on every journey with me, but they call out to me to let me know, take me with you today. <laughs> and I will tell them that one of the things I love, even though I love sharing the crystal bowls and the rain sticks and the drums, and I use Native American drums that were made in ceremony to tune us into our own inner drum, our heartbeat. What I love about what I share with people is that you don't need any of this. All you need is your beating heart, your breath, your intention, and your hands. And you can access your own inner wisdom and take yourself to a place of peace. So would you like to give us a demonstration with one of these tools you use or just sure, sure. or however you want to. Sure, sure. Let's go ahead. So before we get started, what I'm going to ask you to do is if you can, and again, one of the other things I love about sound healing, there's absolutely no right or wrong way to do it. Okay. <laughs> so don't worry if you want to open your eyes when I say close. So everyone up. listening can do this with us right absolutely. now. Absolutely. Okay, everyone. Right now. So what I'm going to say is if you can place your feet flat on the floor and you can sit comfortably and one of the ways that we begin, I'm going to begin with a tincture bell because bells are known for clearing energy. And we're going to go on a little journey together. I have a few bowls. I have a crystal bowl here that corresponds to the third eye point, which is the spirit eye between our um, eyebrows on our forehead. I have an orange singing bowl, crystal bowl, that corresponds to the sacral uh, chakra. And chakras are energy centers of the body, for those who don't know. And so your sacral is sort of below the rib cage and above the base of the spine. And it's so important because many of us, you know, when you have something happen to you and you say, I feel like I got kicked in the gut. So we can all be you know, use that release. And then I also have a yellow solar plexus bowl because again, the solar plexus is sort of that area under the rib cage and maybe between the, the navel center. But the yellow is also about bringing light into the darkness. And then I have a bowl from um, India that I brought it. That's really a cool bowl because the difference is, is that usually I play the bowls. This bowl will play me. But what we're going to do is we're just going to go on a very brief journey together. Okay. And I'm going to ask you if you feel comfortable to let your eyes close down, but you don't have to, you can leave your eyes open. And I'm going to invite you to bring your palms together in prayer pose at the heart center mm -hmm. and begin to rub them briskly, quickly together, creating some heat and warmth in your hands, kind of like you're making an old fashioned campfire with a stick. And when you've got some nice heat going in your hands, I invite you to place them over your eyes or your heart, wherever you feel called and inhale deeply through the nose inhaling peace and light and love and exhale through the mouth or nose exhaling joy and laughter kindness compassion and strength inhale deeply and exhale completely and at the top of the next inhale 
I invite you to bring your breath to the top of your head or your crown chakra. And here I invite you to picture this breath like a rainbow colored beam of light. And we're gonna send this rainbow colored breath arching up and out from the top of our head, connecting with grandfather sky and grandmother moon with the celestial stars that shine with all that is, all that ever was, all that will be, and the miracles and wonders that are yet to unfold. Inhale deeply and exhale completely, feeling your connection to the all that is as we unwind, unwind the sands of time and drop, drop, drop the illusions. Inhale deeply and exhale completely. And when you feel ready, I invite you to bring this rainbow colored breath back from the stars and the moon and the sky, back to the top of the head or the crown chakra. And now I invite you to bring this rainbow colored breath through your third eye point, which is located on your forehead between your eyebrows. Now into your throat that gives you voice and into your heart where love is Belly, belly be round and soft like a baby's belly. The belly holds the wisdom of the soul. And now down to the base of the spine or the root chakra. And here I invite you to picture this rainbow colored breath turning into the roots of a living tree, an ancient tree, a guardian tree. And we're gonna send these roots down our legs, out the bottom of our feet, through the topsoil, moving into the heart of the planet Earth, where we actually meet Mother Earth. And Mother Earth invites us to wrap these rainbow-colored roots around her precious heart that's nestled in the, in the heart of the planet and allow ourselves to be gently rocked like a newborn baby, safe, loved, wanted, protected. Everything is possible here. And when you feel ready, kindly thank Mother Earth for allowing you to be rocked like a newborn babe and gently nestle her heart back in the center of the planet where we found it and begin to move from the heart of the planet through the soil, breaking through the topsoil, up the bottom of the feet to the base of the spine, into the belly, into the heart, into the throat, through the third eye, up to the crown, and out to the ethers. And as I play the bowls for a moment before we come back into our bodies, I invite you to continue breathing, breathing through the nose and dropping into that sacred space of your own heart. That's the center of this universe. Allow yourself to unwind and feel the sound on a cellular level. I am a stars 
together, creating some heat and friction. And when you've got some nice heat going in your hands, I invite you to cup them over your nose and mouth and imagine the smell of the ozone in the air right before a rainstorm. And inhale that deeply, drop into your heart and exhale completely. And on the next inhale, invoke some smell some delicious aroma from nature, the smell of a rose bloom or a night blooming jasmine, something that lights you up. And inhale it deeply into your heart and feel it fill you. And when you feel ready, gently let your eyes open up. And if you feel comfortable, I invite you to gaze into my eyes and inhale with me. I love you. Love you, love you, love you so much. Thank you. Thank you, Pamela. That's beautiful. We've all had a, a major healing here today. Thank you. So I have a couple of questions now. How does this particular sound healing help with psychological, psychiatric and behavioral disorders? Because what you just did for us is a prayer for healing, but what do you, how did you use this for people who are really troubled? You must have some good stories from that. I do. And you know, for the last four and a half years, I've been going to do two sessions every Saturday at a private drug rehabilitation center that also treats people with mental illness. Oh, wow. And when they do their exit surveys, um, often they say that the most impactful thing was sound healing. And, you know, there's a way that it cuts through. Uh, I'm thinking about, you know, I, I, I've had people had these breakthroughs. Sometimes, like I have an instrument, a rain stick, right? And it sounds like the rain. And when I use the rain stick, Usually for me, it makes me feel like getting all snuggly under the covers and listening to the rain and feeling safe and warm and magical and protected. But I had a client say to me that for them, it was like nails on a chalkboard because something traumatic happened. So I've seen this happen with bells, rain sticks, bowls, drums, people oftentimes um, that have post-traumatic shock or have had a traumatic experience or some kind of me mental illness that may be part and parcel to all of that or a result of those experiences. And they just say that it brings them to a place of peace like they don't ever remember being in before. For a lot of people, that noise is very, very off-putting, especially when we don't feel well, when we have a big decision to make, when we can't sleep at night. 
So what I love about this being used with people who have mental illness or have some kind of trauma or something, um, it can be physical and mental. You know, people like to say that, you know, the mind and the body are separate. But last I checked, you take them with you wherever you go. So I think it is a, a, a mind-body connection. And to me, sound creates, it's one of the many ways that we can create a bridge along with our breath and our intention and our love to navigate things like mental illness and trauma. And so there isn't really a cookie cutter, um, you know, way of doing it. And sometimes people feel like nothing happened. And sometimes people, I had a gentleman tell me that um, he had been in a car when his brother uh, had flipped, like it sounded like your story, like they were going 110 miles an hour. He talked his brother as a teenager to going for this joy ride and the car is flipping. And he always blamed himself for being the reason that his brother died. And his brother came to him in one of the sessions and said, it wasn't your fault. It was never your fault. It's what I was meant to do. And he said, I've always been with you. I'm your guardian angel. I'll always be with you. And the guy started to cry. And he said to me, it was after that incident that I started doing drugs and drinking too much and abusing myself. And he goes, I've never told anybody this. I've never told them in therapy or anything else. So it's kind of like, there's keys and each key unlocks a door and you don't necessarily have the key that unlocks this particular door. But I think that sound allows to unlock portals that maybe we haven't been able to unlock before. That's wonderful. Tell us, are there, is there a list of benefits of sound healing that people can actually know that sound healing, um, you know, helps you sleep or it helps with, what are some of the benefits of sound healing? I'm sure there's a list. I don't have one, but I would say it helps you to sleep better. It helps anxiety driven things when people, you know, when you have anxiety attacks, I, there's a thing that I do with one breath with people where I'll say to them, because here's the truth, Irene, is that chaos absolutely comes into our life no matter how evolved you are no matter how spiritual you are no matter where you are on your journey and what happens is that sometimes that chaos and that noise that wah 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 of life it throws us off but in one breath and you don't need any of my instruments or anything else you can stop you can rub your palms together you can inhale deeply on a cellular level you have that smell that we just invoked in our in this little journey that we did and the sound on a cellular level and actually in one breath you can bring yourself to a place of peace and you make better decisions because when chaos comes into our life i use the example of glinda the good witch and the wizard of oz she comes floating in in this beautiful rainbow bubble and all this chaos is going on i mean the wicked witch of the west she's throwing fire bolts the scarecrows on fire the munchkins are running for cover in the in the flowers and glinda comes floating in in this beautiful rainbow bubble because when chaos comes into our life we have zero control over how it comes, when it comes, the form that it takes, how long it stays. But we do have a choice about how we respond to it. And sound healing can be a very effective way to respond. That's wonderful. So another question I have is people use music. Um, when they're overwhelmed or challenged, they'll throw a record or a CD or whatever in the in the radio or whatever. And it also, of course, we all have used music to celebrate and amplify the beauty and joy of a life event. But you say that a sound healing journey can also help with these two situations, um, either for people who are overwhelmed and challenged, which I think we just experienced how a sound healing journey can do that. How does a sound healing journey amplify the beauty and joy of an event? Like you would actually, instead of putting on Bruce Springsteen, you would actually 
do a sound healing for a joyful event, like a wedding or a whatever? Well, I'll give you an example. Let's think about um, maybe a baby shower, right? And you made the comment before that babies hear sound in the womb, right? So maybe we would gather a small group of the family and we would, like you do party games at a, um, you know, at an event. Instead, what we would do is we would go within, we would have some sound. Maybe I, I have a little thing that I do where we create Fibonacci bubbles, rainbow bubbles, and we go creating this beautiful, just like Glenda, that we can float and fly. And you can bring joy. Sometimes, let's say you move into a new home or uh, an apartment, or you change offices. And sometimes, and I don't mean this in a negative way, there could be some energy that's there from the person before. It could be like when people, our house growing up was the place that everybody came to play, to laugh, to have fun, and to cry when they needed to. But people would walk in when my mom and dad were selling their house and they could feel the love in the walls, right? So we could- Right. We can invoke that. We can bring it into the baby. We can bring it into maybe there's some worries about, you know, a disease or maybe somebody's had a tough pregnancy or in the sense of a wedding, maybe there's been anxiety building up to, you know, the big day. People have such big expectations and just give you a place to relax and have fun because in that stillness, that's where the magic happens. That sounds wonderful. And you also, I know people have trouble meditating, Pam, and you have a masterpiece of song as an anchor for meditation. Can you tell us about that? Tell us about meditation and sound healing. Well, to me, as I said earlier, every breath is a meditation. And what I really encourage people to do is to go within. If you... If you feel that kind of, I call it a rum trum tum, you know, it's like when the the noise of life is just directing you and you can feel it. Like maybe you have, you know, a, a event to go to where, you know, it's, it might even be a joyous event, but all of a sudden you're worrying about traffic. You're worrying about being ready on time. Maybe there's going to be somebody there that you're not looking forward to seeing. And so if you can bring yourself quickly with a a meditation, a sound meditation, a sound in and of itself or a breath to a place of peace, you can enter into anything from a a stronger, more loving place. That's really wonderful. Do you actually have, like if someone would want to have a... um, a meditation using your sound healing, do you actually, they can access, can they access something like that from your yes. website and all? Absolutely, absolutely. That's wonderful. And also you have a level up your love package to restore a person's well-being and recharge the life force. Tell us about that. Well, you know, no matter how good we're doing, all of us can use a little leveling up sometimes. And, you know, especially with all the craziness that's going on in the world right now, I say any reason to be joyous and happy and to level up your love, it's got to start first. And I'm going to make a pretty carte blanche statement. I think it's true for both men and women, but I think as women, especially in our culture, we were often taught to put everybody first before us. And oftentimes we didn't even put ourselves in the line, let alone, you know, to even be considered. And for a lot of men too, you know, it was always put everybody else first, the needs of the job, the needs of the family. And so what I encourage people to do is begin by loving yourself. All of those unforgivable things, all of the times, like I remember I used to weigh at my, I'm only five feet tall. I'm a petite woman. Like You're a tiny you, and, little girl. And at my highest, I weighed at one point, 288 pounds. Wow. And I started feeling like I couldn't move and I was getting sick and all these other things. And I decided, you know, instead of looking in the mirror and seeing all the faults, I began to look at the mirror and I began to say, I love you. 
I love myself. I love me. And so leveling up your love has got to begin with loving yourself and honoring yourself. And so what it is, is we start by working on our on loving ourselves and leveling up our own self-love, which can be different times for different people in different places, because it's a, it's not a linear journey. We do a lot of twists and turns. As you well know, grief is a slippery slope, and so are a lot of other things in life. And so we, we navigate these things together, and, and that's what we do. And then when we move on from self, we can go into maybe there's an individual. Maybe you want to call love into your life again. Maybe it's a new love. Maybe it's reinvigorating a love that's already there. And I often think for people, then we go global. And then it's about giving it to the entire world and every piece of sentient life, known or unknown, in our world and in wherever it resides. So I think it can be very powerful and it changes over time what we need and who we are. We're not the same person. We wake up different every day. So it's about tuning in to what the individual is looking to accomplish in that moment, how they want to level up their life. And most of the time, it's helping them to reawaken what's already inside them to begin with. Wow. And is this then as a private thing or you do it in group settings also? I do it in mostly private, the leveling up your love. But if people want to do an intimate group, like with family or dear friends where they feel comfortable to do that, I would absolutely do that. I'm I'm not, like I said to you earlier, I'm not a cookie cutter gal. Well, you certainly are not. I like to go with the flow and take some time to tune in to the energy of the individual feel into what's going on for them so that we can empower them to empower themselves. That's wonderful. So you have both private and group healing packages. Tell us about them. So because you're just alluded to the fact that people can come to you as a group also. Yes. And usually when I do group things now because of what's going on in the world, it would be going to somebody's home or a place where we can be safe together. And um, and we just, you know, it can be by invitation, I would say somewhere between six and 10 people. And uh, again, depending on what's going to happen, I usually spend some time with the individual organizing it. If it's a group session, even in an individual, I would do this talking to them, um, tuning into what's going on, what they're looking and hoping to accomplish with this. And then we begin, we might test some different sounds and see what resonates, pun intended, with them. And, you know, what some people love a drum and some people don't love a drum. Some are going to have, and I say to people, this is important in a group session, that if something triggers you, um, sometimes sound can trigger people. It's meant to be blissful and balancing, but sometimes, like we were talking about with post-traumatic stress, yes. it can trigger something. And so usually what I will recommend to people is drop into your heart, give yourself a minute, inhale deeply, and go into that quiet space, that still space, and see if you can notice if there's a person, an experience, a place in your physical body that's coming up for you because our bodies are very wise. And what I have found in my practice is often the things that annoy us the most, that, that really make us crazy, are actually the things that are the biggest source of our healing. Absolutely. And so if someone can, can go and settle themselves, great, stay. And if not, being respectful of where we are, I ask them to go ahead and leave and I won't be insulted. And if they want to come back, they're welcome to come back. So now most of these are in, in person, but can you do these on Zoom for people who don't live in Florida? Absolutely. I do it all over the world. Okay, I everybody, you're hearing that? So she does it all over the world. You don't have to fly to Davie, Florida. For you no, I was really, really blessed as part of Awakening Giants. I got to go to the Waitaha to sit with a man to Purahu and my for now I was in when I was in you know invited into the family they're probably the oldest indigenous culture on our planet and they believe that the world was sung 
into existence as well. And when I went, you usually, you have a song that you sing when you meet someone. And so the words to the song that I just sang, Creator God, that's an original piece of mine, was actually very similar to a lot of their sacred songs. Like some of the words were almost identical. And so I still keep in touch with my New Zealand family. I have soul sisters and family in India and all over the world. I am travel. I travel. I love all these languages, but I love the fact that it crosses cultures. So other than I'm challenged sometimes with time zones, but um, (laughs) as long as I figure out the right time zone, we can, we can create something and I can even create, um, customized pieces for people that they can play for themselves. That's wonderful. Now you have to tell us all about this Awakening Giants. What is this? And you had, you were featured in an episode. Is that the New Zealand episode? Well, yeah, in the New Zealand episode. And, um, and so I was the associate producer for season one and a member of the Awakening Giants cast. And so what Awakening Giants does is It's a group of people who travel the world with um, philanthropic uh, ideals. Like it's usually something about bringing clean water to people. When we were in New Zealand, we went to the Waiheke wetlands and we were working to, because they're like the lungs of the ocean there. And so when they get choked out by pollution or invasive plants, we went and we like raised enough money. We have challenges. We like to do fun things, important things in a fun way. And so we raised money to plant and care for, I believe it was I don't quote me on the number, but I think it was 5,000 trees for a period of five years and um, help care for the wetlands. It might have been 500. I'm prone to exaggeration, so I don't know. But at any rate, and so we go to the different locations and usually do some fundraising, have some challenges about feeling supported in a community to, to take the leap. You know, sometimes whether you're alone or you're with your family, life asks you to take a leap of faith. And when you're standing at the edge and you think you can jump, sometimes you need a little push and you need a little support. So we challenge ourselves, challenge each other, and hopefully bring something beautiful wherever we go with the people that with a respectful way to um, give back to the world. Now, if someone wants to watch the show, where do they find it? You know, it hasn't been aired yet, so I will oh. let you know when it is know. We'll, we'll, we'll let people know through the coming podcast. soon, and I will let you know so that we can we can let people know. Absolutely. Yes. Absolutely. And you also have an upcoming book. Yes. Yeah. I've been, I've got like journals of a lifetime. In addition to singing, I'm also a writer. And so I tend to write poetry, which oftentimes become the lyrics of my song. And it was funny. I was reading to a couple of people, uh, my roommate, a friend, you know, um, this expression and everybody was laughing. And I really feel like we could use a lot more laughter and joy in our world with you and on that. lives. And so the expression, I'm a big tree hugger. You probably big surprise, right? And so I have a tree. In fact, she told me her name was Ahelia. And I looked up and I was like, what? And she said, Ahelia. And I go, oh, hell yeah. And she goes, no, not oh, hell yeah, Ahelia. And I looked it up and Ahelia actually is a Hebrew name That means she who knows. And so one of the things that I do every morning, she's in the backyard, is I go and I put my spine up against the tree and we communicate with each other. We talk to each other and I learn a lot from her and hopefully she learns something from me. And one of the things that came out is that trees can fly. And so... I was started writing and it was remember trees can fly and so can I. And it felt a little bit 
I thought at first it would be a children's book and it may be something that children like. I also draw in my journal, so I'm an artist as well. So there may be, you know, so some of my drawings that go in there. And so I'm going, I've gone back into, it's still in its editing form. It's not yet been published, but it will be coming out soon. And it's going to be some of these excerpts that, where uh, we talk about the, the channeled wisdom that comes in and then it usually ends with, remember trees can fly and so can I. So, I'm trying to get a visual of trees flying or perhaps it's the seeds of the tree that, that fly or um, how they touch so many people. That's really interesting, fascinating. Wow. what? Pam, what is your message about the importance of healing? You must have a terrific message about the importance of healing that you can share with all of us. Why should people bother to heal, be it through sound healing or anything else while they're here on the planet? Because I believe that we incarnated into this world, whether you believe in multiple lives or not, to be in joy, to be happy. And the world supports us in that. And the happier we are and the more joyful we are, the more luck comes into our life. And so when you feel that wah, 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 when you feel that anxiety, who is more important than you? So find your joy. And if it's sound healing, call me. If it's something else, I will often recommend people because believe me, I've tried just about everything in this world from acupuncture, Chinese medicine, Ayurveda, all of these things because wellness, I, I tease people, I'm very whimsical, but that wishing well, you want to toss a coin into the wishing well because your wishes really do come true. So find a way to be in your passion to light yourself up. And that light will not only heal you, but it'll heal everyone around you, the people that you love and the entire world. That's wonderful. Absolutely wonderful. And tell us all the ways everyone wants to get on your website now and they all want to find out about sound healing. So tell us all the ways that they can connect with you. All righty. You can go to www.soundhealingsource.com and you can email me, Pamela at soundhealingsource.com. It's P-A-M-E-L-A, right? P-A-M-E-L-A and S-O-U-N-D-H-E-A-L-I-N-G-S-O-U-R-C-E. Yeah. Okay, and you've sort of told us your tip for finding joy in life. Have you got anything else you'd like to add to that? Again, I'm going to hearken back to my mama because she's so wise, is even in the darkest places, when you are on the floor in a fetal position and you can't move or you are paralyzed with grief or fear, find a memory a smell, a taste that lights you up, something that brings a smile to your face and find beauty wherever you can, however you can, honoring yourself in those darkest places and know that you will be all right. Pamela, you are wonderful. Thank you so much. That's beautiful. Thank you. Thank you. You know, we all know that sounds and songs create memories in us, helping us if we are traumatized or depressed, and also helping us to celebrate and amplify the beauty and joy of a life event. I love that you identify as an advocate for humanity, combining your gift of song, vision, and love to uplift the spirit and guide people to a place of peace within themselves. Many in our Grief and Rebirth podcast audience are now thinking, I am sure, about connecting with you to learn even more about the ways that sound healing can help them. Thank you from my heart for this fascinating healing and uplifting interview. And here's a loving reminder, everyone, that you can see the show notes and all Grief and Rebirth podcast episodes on irieweinberg.com. And make sure to follow us and like us 
on social at at Irene S. Weinberg on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, and YouTube. As I like to say, and I'm sure Pamela likes to say it too, to be continued, many blessings, and bye for now. Mm-hmm.